Hey guys, welcome to Drunk Gossip. Um, I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios in rainy New York City today. Um, first, I just want to let you guys know that this will be the last podcast for the week. Um, over the weekend, New York City is hosting, well, AT&T is hosting a create in New York City, I should say. I'm already drunk. Um, and so I'll be participating in that and I won't be able to um, bring you the gossip this weekend like I normally would like to. Um, and I also want to tell you to look out for the Drunk Gossip blog and hopefully the Drunk Gossip companion book. Um, the first one is called Feud in the City. Um, Feud and the City, I should say. Um, and it's going to be all about Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall. And there is an update to that story I will bring you guys later on. Right now, though, let's talk about Anthrax making a big comeback. Um, last week, Vanessa Trump, wife of Donald Trump Jr., and of course, daughter-in-law to 45, received a letter with a suspicious-looking um, powder in it, which many feared was Anthrax. It turned out just to be corn starch, thank goodness. Um, no matter what you think about the family, nobody deserves to live in that sort of fear. Um, you know, I, I've always said trash those who choose to live their life publicly or wronged you. Um, but leave, leave the outer tears of the family alone. Um, and that includes Baron and and the wives of the the sons. Um, Jared Kushner is open game because... Uh, Jared, Kush, Jared Kushner, I am already stumbling over my words, this is going to be a fun, fun episode. Um, Jared Kushner chooses to live in the White House, he chooses to be um, an advisor to Trump, and therefore, you know, I'm not saying that you people should be mailing... Um, Things like anthrax or even anthrax-like substances or the substances that look like it. But what I am saying is, you know, those, like Ivanka and Jared, and those people choose to live their life in public. Part of public life is people hating you. Trust me, I get enough um, hate mail. I get it, you know. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. And by cup of tea, of course, I mean vodka. Um... But what brings us, what makes us talk about this today is um, Prince Harry and his fiancée, Meghan Markle, have been victims of this as well. Um, recently, um, they, a letter was received um, with, with an anthrax-type substance. They're still investigating, so we don't know what it is yet. Um, with a letter that is said to be just so racist and disgusting about um, how Meghan Markle should not be um, becoming a princess, which technically she's not. I, I really need this to be cleared up. Meghan Markle will not be Princess Meghan. Um, she will be Duchess, just like um, Kate Middleton is Duchess Kate. Um, I believe that the only time you get the the title princess is if you are born to royalty. Um, someone can fact check me on that. 
Um, I know Princess Diana was was given the title princess, and I'm not quite sure why, but I, um, as I said, it's Duchess Kate, it's not Princess Kate, um, and I really don't think it'll be um, Princess Meghan, I think it will be Duchess Meghan. And this is 2018, there is no place for th- that kind of hate. I understand America, we're very divided, um, the... The so-called leader uh, makes racist comment all the time, but that doesn't make it okay. That does not mean that everyone else should be doing it. Or even if you agree with it, think about it. What if that was your child? Would you want your child on the receiving end of racism? Um, I hope that Meghan and Prince Harry have a very happy life together. I am going to make myself another Sprite and Vodka because we have so much more. Okay, guys, we're back. Um, so, Sprite and Vodka today, yes. Um, I, that, this is one of my favorite classic drinks, um, along with the mojito. Love me some mojitos. Um, so, let's talk about Wendy Williams, y'all. How you doing? Um, I, I'm not a big fan of Wendy Williams. I, you know, I, I completely respect her game. I completely respect the fact that um, she has taken her radio show and turned it into a very, very successful um, daytime talk show. I believe she's number two, maybe three behind Ellen um, and Dr. Phil. Um, She might even be behind live with Kelly and Ryan. I'm not 100% sure about that. But she's still very successful. Um, She doesn't take time off normally um she's a workaholic um i've not had the privilege to see her uh, mostly because again i'm not a big fan and i'm not sure that i would want to um but you know like if if someone said came up to me and said hey you want to see wendy williams the tickets are free and blah 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 i'm not going to say no um because i just love to be around celebrities in that verified air um but so yesterday, she announced that her show was taking a three-week sabbatical um, because she was diagnosed with Graves' disease. And um, her levels are just all messed up right now, and her doctor wants her to get some rest and then um, get her levels in check. And, and that's completely understandable. However... Um, There's some talk that she may not be on the up and up. Um, CrazyDaysAndNights.net had a blind item reveal where they're saying that she needs rehab. Uh, so I did a little research. Um, and because with, with everything, you know, in the gossip world, um, rumors and speculation can ruin a person's career. Um, she, Wendy has been very open about her Graves' disease. I thought it was a new diagnosis. Um, certainly the announcement made it seem like it was, um, a new thing. But, um, she was diagnosed a while ago with it. Um, and some people actually think that that's why she fainted, um, back on the Halloween episode. Um... But, and this is what I didn't know. She's also, uh, in the past, she's had 
a lot of drug use. She was um, addicted to coke, um, and she allegedly beat it. Um, Right now, from everything we can see, she is clean and sober. Um, You know, there's no reason to doubt her on that. We can, you know, we can debate things like that all we want. But unless we actually see it, I don't think we should, you know, try to make it into something it's not. Maybe she is going to rehab and maybe she wants to keep it private. Um, if, if that's the case, I really wish she would say, hey, like, I just need a vacation. I need time away from from all of this. I'm stressed out, you know. Um, I don't take summers off. So sometimes I will need... Just a little break here and there. Um, so, yeah. that um, Like I said, I, I don't know the truth about this. Um, I, right now, I'm going along with everyone else. And just saying, yeah, like, Graves is a horrible disease. Um, and, and you really do need to eat your, your level, do the level of your medication just right otherwise it could turn really really bad um and you know despite my not being a fan of hers I don't want her to be ill either because um she is a really great interviewer and um the 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 much bigger thing is she does what I do, and I really respect her for that. I need another Sprite and Vodka, so we will be right All right, I had to make a double Sprite and Vodka for this segment. Um, Jane Seymour, um, most of us know her as Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, posed for Playboy at 67. I can't even pose for a naked selfie to send to a guy I'm talking to let alone uh, a national publication, probably one of the best-selling magazines around. Um, and, and and feel confident about myself. But Jane says she feels sexy. She feels like um, she's she feels more beautiful now than she ever has in her life. Um, and it reminds me of her episode of How I Met Your Mother, where she's a cougar. Um, just for those that don't know, she plays, um, Marshall's law professor, and in the episode, um, she's giving everyone a really bad grade, so Barney comes up with this scheme to seduce her in order to quote-unquote tame her and make her, um, give them better grades, and the episode ends with Barney breaking his hip, and the rest of the gang just telling him, leave her. Like, she's better off wild. Jane and Seymour played that part to perfection. Um, it was probably my very first time seeing her act. Uh, I never watched Dr. Quinn, although as a young gay boy studying the fine art of gossip, I certainly followed it. Um, and I, w- I knew enough that I could talk about it with people. Um... These were the days pre-internet when we'd have to read recaps in magazines like Entertainment Weekly. 
Um, speaking of which, does anyone remember when Entertainment Weekly actually um, had like a television section with ratings and reviews and like recaps and what was coming ahead? Now it's just like one little review, maybe an interview, and then we're on to the next section. That's not about Jane Seymour, though, so we'll, let's stay focused. Um, so, yeah, so she... And the pictures, at least the pictures that she's posted up on her Instagram, um, they're very tastefully done. She looks very, very, very beautiful. Um, as opposed to someone like Ashley Parker Angel, who... Um, he all but shows us his penis. Like, and I'm not complaining, because... Oh, boy, is fine. Like, he can have my number. He can call me. But it's really amazing to me that um, the discrepancy in, like, class and age and everything, um, you know, with Jane Seymour, like, she doesn't need to show her boobs. She doesn't need to show her, t- her hoo-ha in order to be considered sexy, like... Um, in one picture, she has, like, a Afghan-type thing covering her and a big old smile. And that's all it takes for her to look sensual and sexy and whatever. And I think... I, I really wish that more um, celebrities would take their cues from her instead of, you know, putting all their bits and pieces out there. Um, how many times have we seen Justin Bieber's dick? Um... Yes, I know that has crass head sounds, but seriously, like, I've seen his penis more times than I've seen my exes. Um, you know, Kim Kardashian got her start by starring in a sex tape. Um, you know, the game has taken VPL to new heights and all the while you know Jane Seymour is like ha you know you show the imprint of your penis I don't care you're not going to see my tatas and not only is she coming out class here but I guarantee you that this will lead to a career resurgence for her and she will get quite a few more roles because that seems to tend to what happens is people are reminded of someone's beauty and um, start hiring them again. I'll be right back. All right, um, I'm back. I just needed some more vodka and, and Sprite. Um, I had to make me another one. Y'all know how I am. Um, so in this Me Too era, um, Jane Seymour, who we were talking about last segment, um, talked about how in 72, um, a big Hollywood producer invited her over to his house and basically propositioned her and, um, asked her how badly she wanted the role. Um, she asked for a taxi, she left, um, but he warned her that she, if she ever talked about it, he would ruin her career. Um, it's very much in the vein of Harvey Weinstein, um, which is why I'm talking about it, because Harvey has pissed off um so Harvey Weinstein is being sued by everybody like 
seriously, I don't think there's a woman in Hollywood right now that doesn't have some sort of lawsuit against Harvey Weinstein. It may sound like I'm being sarcastic, but I'm really not. There's, like, a class action lawsuit against him and the Weinstein company and whatever. Um, and Eric Snyderman, the New York um, ge- Attorney General, is actually suing to stop the sale of the Weinstein company because he feels like everything's he's saying is falling in deaf ears and they're not really listening to him. Anyways, um, we'll get, we'll get to that. Hopefully we have time. Um, so let's, let's talk about Harvey and he, he did a 26 page legal document asking the judge to dismiss, um, this lawsuit because Meryl Streep said that she, you know, he was always very professional with her. Now, Meryl Streep is not someone you want to mess with people. You know, I've never met her. I really wish I could. Hopefully one day I will. But I haven't met her yet. But you just know, like, you, you don't go after the Iron Lady. I mean, let's be real here. So, um, Meryl came out with a very strong statement, like, up to this, she's, you know, she's said things like, I had no idea what was going on. You know, I really wish I would have known, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, people have really cut her from that and saying, you knew what was going on. You, you're complicit at the worst. Or, you're complicit at best. You were enabling him at worst. Um... And, like, she just took a really bad, a really bad dragging for this. Um, so when he used her name as a reason why the judge should dismiss this this class action lawsuit, she got pissed. Let me tell you, um, she released a statement saying, how dare you use my good name in order to try and weasel your way out of paying for your crimes you know what you did you deserve to pay for it you should be in jail for them i mean these remarks were just absolutely cutting like there is no 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 denying that she was angry um and harvey ended up issuing an apology um where he said he shouldn't have used her words, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he's still trying to play the victim. Like, oh my God, look, everyone's just against me. I'm sorry, when more than 100 women have come out and said, you sexually abused us, you sexually assaulted us, you sexually harassed us, you probably did. Where there's smoke, there is fire. Um, And this is something that I've always truly believed. Um, You know... People will say, oh, you know, they're just using this movement to bring down anybody. Guess what? The dominoes aren't falling like they used to. So there's no reason for these women to lie. There's no reason for them to stay silent anymore. If they say that they were sexually assaulted, abused, or harassed by these men, they probably were. They're not getting notoriety out of it. They're not getting money out of it. All they're getting is harassed. And hatred from people who support the men. 
I need some more alcohol. And okay, guys, we're back. I have more alcohol. Um, I want to talk about two of my good, dear friends. Um, James Taylor Jr., who has a new song out called When, when Two Boys Love. Um, and actually, let me... Let me correct that. James's song is called When Two Boys Fall in Love. And my friend Amanda Rochelle, who just published her book Confessions of a Healing Heart. Um, I, I go way back with both of them. Um, Amanda and I actually used to work together. Uh, we never really had a chance to bond over our creative endeavors because we were both so busy at our former job. Um, but after she left, we stayed in contact via Facebook. Um, and just her metamorphosis has been something that inspires me. Um, I had no idea she was actually working on a book. Um, again, we were, um, we both got busy with, with work and I got busy with my own projects, including launching, um, Drunk Gossip. And, uh, James and I, um, at one point I was working on adapting, a couple of his songs into short stories and then work got and life got in the way for both of us um if you go to apple music or whatever your streaming music streaming services you should be able to um google um remington taylor um and i just used google when i was talking about searching that is how big that company is let me tell you um um but you should be able to just search remington taylor or james James Taylor Jr. and find his songs. Um, he, James is just a really fantastic singer. Um, I listen to for both of us all the time. I'm uh, working on getting the short story that I wrote for that edited and up to snuff because it, right now it's not. Um, but in Amanda's book, I cannot wait to order it because... Um, she just has such a kind soul. And some of you are probably rolling your eyes like, why are you promoting your friends? Because independent artists need to work together. We, It's not about competition when you're both independent. It's all about coming together, um, supporting one another. Their success is my success. My success is their success. Um, you know, it's... It's so easy to fight with one another and act like everyone's the enemy, but we're all just trying to make the same goal. We want to make a living doing what we love. And, you know, um, both Amanda and James have been so supportive. Um, when I had Generation Gossip, they both would um, promote links. They, um, James gave me the go-ahead to um, adapt his stories. Um, Amanda, when I was feeling down, would, you know, cheer me up. And, you know, every time we talk, she is, she is such a fantastic person. You know, even just talking to her is, is great. But she'll, she'll remind me that I have talent. Um, and so that's why I'm plugging them, because they're such fantastic people that they deserve it. And yes, I do really believe that independent artists should work together, um, you know, it, it, it's all about community here. Um, you know, this weekend I'm going, as I mentioned at the top of the um, podcast, I'm going to 
be working on a short film this weekend um, with the 18th Create-a-thon. Um, and I'm just so super, super excited about that. Um, you know, I really just can't say it enough that being in a creative field has fulfilled me in ways that I never thought possible. I make money doing what I love. And I want the same thing for everybody, you know. Um, if you love what you do, you don't go to work. You go to your happy place. Um, yes, I get frustrated with my boss. And um, I'm sure my boss gets frustrated with me at times. Um, but after working for three or four hours, making enough to to pay my rent, to pay my phone bill, to pay... Um, whatever else I need to pay, buy food, I get to write, and that's the best thing. Remember, please um, go to Amazon, check out Amanda's book, Confessions of a Healing Heart, and check out James's music. All right, um, that last thing uh, cut me off, um, but please, 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 um, search whatever streaming service you use um, to Google... James, um, James Taylor Jr. or Remington Taylor, their music is phenomenal, um, and it comes from such a true place. All right, um, let's move on to some real Housewives gossip. Um, so the, um, the new season of Real Housewives of New York is filming, um, which I really wish I could have crashed one of the, um, filming sessions. But unfortunately, that was not possible. But, so, everyone's talking about how they were on this vacation, and, you know, suddenly, um, they were on this boat, and the boat caught fire, and, you know, everyone's just really, really concerned about them, as they should be, you know, we don't want anyone to ever get hurt, but... Here's the thing. There's some rumor going around that this uh, tragedy is not what you think it is. The rumor is that this this tragedy is actually being faked. Who would do that? Um, the producers um, who needed something to liven up the season. Uh, we Let's just say we don't know for sure that this was faked. Um, there's a blind item on Crazy Days and Nights, which has um, recently converted to all blind items and blind, blind items reveal um, with only a story of someone's death um, every once in a while. Um, but the thing about uh, blind uh, blind items on crazy days and nights is that they're so damn easy to solve like I at night I will read them and I'm like oh even I know this one girl um so yes I re- I've referenced Dan twice once in the Wendy Williams segment and once now um here's the here's the thing like if if it was just a made for TV stunt and there's no one to back them up that's really shady. Like, I'm really disappointed in, in all of the housewives who are going along with it, first of all. Yes, I understand that they're under contract, but 
they could have said no. They could have said, you know, we bring enough drama. And trust me, Luann has enough drama. Um, Luann, for those of you who don't know, was arrested for assaulting a cop. Um, she was um, and then being drunk. And she was offered a plea deal um, that I believe would have forced her to go to rehab. And she said no. Um, say what? So now she's going to a jury trial. I don't know if that's going to be part of her storyline this season, but OMG, can you imagine? You know, I, we joke a lot, but I'm just like, girl, what are you doing? Like, no, don't do that. Uh, you know, it, and that sounds really facetious, but no, it's not. It, it's, it's really serious. Um... There's another rumor that we're going to talk about on The Real Housewives in New Jersey. The, the stuff about The Real Housewives and reality shows in general are very short because I don't know much about them. I hear the rumors, I try to read up, but really that's not where my interest lies. I don't like reality shows. Um, but I was talking to my bestie and he said that The Real Housewives in New Jersey are having a really hard time replacing Siggy. And that there might not even be a new season. I don't know how that's bad, but um, apparently it's really bad. Um, I, I really don't think that they'll cancel Jersey because it's the second or third highest rated after Atlanta and um, New York, I believe. Um, plus, you know, Teresa Gudici flipping the table and yelling prostitution whore. Classic. Um... So, yeah, so that's all your Real Housewives gossip in less than five minutes. Okay, guys, remember when I told you I was going to be gone this weekend? Um, this is why you're getting a super long episode today, because I just want to cover all the gossip that I can um, before I, I take off for the weekend. Um, so, Jennifer Aniston and Justin Theroux. First of all, their breakup I, I knew was going to be gossip heaven i might actually make the second companion book in the series all of these um all about jennifer aniston and justin throw um and just wait because i i might hold off or i might do another volume of that because i guarantee you there's going to be rumors any day now of um jen and brad Pitt getting back together um so yesterday i read a story about Jennifer Aniston and Justin Thoreau that kind of led me to believe that the the Brad and Jen um, reconciliation rumors are on the way. And basically the story went that um, they were having a really hard time in their marriage as it was. Um, we've talked about this before where um, she wanted to live, she likes the Los Angeles lifestyle and wanted to be in LA. Um, Justin Thoreau liked the um, NYC creative life. And wanted to be here in the city. Um, and there was just like this really big conflict in the marriage. Well, what they're also saying now is that um, as they were packing up a house that they were getting ready to sell, Justin found some post it notes from Brad Pitt. And I mean, they were older. And, you know, there were things like, oh, I love you. You know, you look so beautiful tonight. 
the silly things that husbands do for wives or um, husbands do for other husbands, boyfriends do for each other or do for their girlfriends. Whatever your, you know, partner does for you. These were those kind of notes. Um, and Justin got really jealous and he was like, why are you holding on to these? Um, and I, I have to look this up. So please don't quote me on this, but I believe that there was another, like, incident, um, which is very similar with Gwyneth Paltrow, um, and Chris Martin, where, um, Chris Martin found out that Gwyneth was wearing a necklace that Brad gave her. Um, we've all seen Brad naked, and if you haven't, do yourself a favor and Google Brad Pitt naked. Um, it's a young Brad Pitt, a hot Brad Pitt, and... He leaves nothing to the imagination. And thank goodness for that. Um, the pictures may have also been released in, like, Playgirl or something. Um, but it, they were paparazzi pics of him and Gwyneth together. So we know what um, he's working with between his legs. And he must be really good to have these women just really hold on to it. Um... And trust me, if I ever had a chance to get Brad Pitt in bed, I will let you guys know how fabulous he is. Because I, in my imagination, he's wonderful. Um, normally I'm not into older guys, but you know, for him, I will make an exception. Um, anyways, I got way off track on that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, it's the alcohol. We'll blame that alcohol. Um, so today's Jen and Justin breakup story is... Um, that they were trying to have a baby before they even got married. Um, which, that's if they even really got married. See, um, there's another rumor circulating that, um, the Los Angeles County, um, whatever department, I can't think of it right now. Um, but they don't have a marriage license on, on file for them. Which is like, what? Um, so they may not even be legally married, and that could be why they're not necessarily filing for divorce and they're just breaking up. Um, but they were trying to have a baby, and they couldn't. There were some issues or something. And that led to a lot of um, arguing between between them. Um, I don't know if that's true. Because Jen has been very, um, very much on the record as saying she's not sure she wants kids. And that was partly what led to her breakup with Brad. Um, you know, we joke about Angelina coming between them. But that, I think that was a much deeper issue. Let me get another drink and we will be back with another segment. Okay. For our final segment, um, we talked a little bit earlier about um, the companion books. Uh, um, the first one is going to be called Feud in the City. It's going to be about the Sarah Jessica Parker Kim Cattrall feud, um, and I kind of hinted at at things that we were going to talk about tonight in the uh, in the podcast, um, but I didn't go into it because we were talking about something completely different. Um, but so, you know, the the feud between them between um, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall is rumored to go back all the way to the second season of Sex and the City season two. Um, and as I mentioned in a previous podcast, when we first talked about this feud, um, 
a lot of people say it was a power issue because Sarah Jessica Parker was a producer on the show. Um, and so she held more power than Kim Control, and that was um, something that really bothered Kim. Um, neither of them have spoken on it. So take it for what you will. But here's an interesting little wrinkle. Um, Smith Jared, a.k.a. Jason Lewis, a.k.a. one of the hunks that I would just love to... Um, that. Um, um, you just, like... Jason Lewis is a very sexy man. And I would not mind if if he wanted to spend some time alone with me. And we'll leave that at that. Um, but he was promoting a new project. And of course the interviewers couldn't help but ask. Um, Samantha Jones is the soulmate about what he thinks about the feud. And honestly... Of all the former castmates, I really thought that Jason would be Team Kim. Um, they worked together, you know, so much, and they they had to be very. You would think they would have to be very comfortable with one another, because most of their scenes were naked, you know. Um, this, of course, the, you know, there's always going to be scenes where you're close, but. They were naked a lot, and they were shown having... Um, their characters were shown to be having sex a lot. Um, so J- when Jason answered, he went on and on about how great of a person Sarah is, and he, you know how gracious she is, how creative and wonderful and whatever. Like, he, it was like he was writing her a valentine and, because he thought she was me. Um, and... So he he goes on and on about how great Sarah is. When he was asked about Kim, he's like, I'm going to stop there because my mom always taught me if I have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. What? I mean, what? Like, I was completely stunned. Um, You know... I don't know what happened between them. No one, like, I, I've never even heard a whisper that they didn't get along. Um, I know that there was um, a few times when they were going to break up in the show. Um, and in the uh, second movie, Samantha leaves Smith because she's tired. Or no, in the first movie, she leaves Smith because... She's tired of putting him first and moves back to New York and then they they still seem to be friendly um, because he takes her to Abu Dhabi in the second movie. So the fact that there was some sort of um, issue or he won't say anything nice about her, it speaks volumes. And, um, you know, I started to dig and he didn't send, at least that I could see, he didn't send condolences to her. Which is very interesting to me. Um, you know, when, when you work with somebody for for as long as they work together, even, you know, I mean, you don't have to do it publicly, of course, and maybe he did it in private. Um, but 
you you always want them to know, like you keep them at arms, like and you know talk on social media or whatever. But um, we'll be right back. Okay, so um, I was gonna close out the show with the uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and um, Kim Control feud and Jason Lewis, but no, I'm gonna close it out by talking about Oprah, Ellen, and Trump. Um, Without, I never try to be overly political. Um, it's a gossip podcast. It'll be a gossip blog, and these will be gossip books that come along with it. Um, so, you know, I want to keep it funny, campy, and whatever. Woohoo! But, um, partly part of our lexicon now is um, talking about about um, Trump and, and uh, how politics are kind of invading every space, including the Ellen show. Um, oh, well, Ellen's talk show, I should say. Um, so Ellen opened her show today by looking dead square in the camera and letting Trump know that it's not okay to mess with Oprah, that Oprah is her friend. Um, these two um, daytime doyans go back um, back to when Oprah actually had her own show. Um, there was a moment where Ellen appeared on Oh, Oprah's Magazine. And to many people, that was kind of like Oprah passing the baton of Queen of Daytime over to <coughs> Ellen. And don't come at me with Judge Judy is the Queen of Daytime, okay? She is a judge. She is not Queen of Daytime. Uh, um, so, that, that would have been gossip-worthy in a, in a, in a, and of itself, because, I mean, let's face it, um, Ellen's a lot like me, where she just wants to keep things light and fun and whatever, um, I mean, she's, she's gotten political, she's talked about serious stuff, as have I, I've written about serious stuff, um, but, for the most part, you know, we kind of want to be an escape for America. Um, so the fact that she's addressing um, Trump hate tweeting Oprah, calling her insecure and biased, was a big issue. Um, and so in, in Ellen addressing it obviously would have been great. But Ellen took it a step further and went before she closed out her show, she had Oprah herself on. And yes, I'm sounding excited because, oh my God. Um, you know, I've never been the biggest Oprah fan. I think she's a a very generous woman. Um, I I love her spiritual nature. Um, but it just hasn't always meshed with what I was looking for in entertainment. And that's okay. Like, you know, I don't sit here pretending like Oprah listens to my podcast or ever read my blog or reads any of the articles I've written. That's okay. Like... Me and Oprah will never cross paths. And if we do, I will be very respectful. I admire her tremendously. And she will look at me like a peasant because I am. At least compared to her. Um, But Oprah said I don't like to let negativity bother me. Um, You know, so I I didn't really pay attention. She's like, but then I did go back and look. um, And the segment that they're talking about was... um, Shot in Grand Rapids, Michigan, my home state. Um, and they were talking about 
um, like gun control or something, and, and trying to get a bipartisan look at um, whatever the issue was. Like I said, I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I didn't watch it. Um, but Oprah went and you know she watched the segment again and asked them because it did seem kind of unbalanced. Um, at one point, so she asked she she asked the producers to use a quote from one of the conservatives because it it did seem kind of more slanted. Um, at least this segment seemed more slanted towards um, the liberal side, for lack of a better word. Um, and that's not what she wanted. Um. And I just want to say, like, and she she said to Trump, you know, get over it, basically. Um, so I, I'm really hoping that there's some resolution. Have a great weekend.